0: Welcome back to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and on today's podcast, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of Veterans REI Live. Veterans REI Live was an event that I put together with a couple of my military buddies and we said, hey, if we can figure out how to put together a two-day event that other people can come attend, military veterans, uh, current active duty military, non-military folks, to show them all the different aspects and different niches inside of real estate investing to encourage them to start investing or try to figure out the path that they want to take, whether they're in, while they're in the military or after they get out. And so it was an exciting event. It was awesome. It was two weeks, two weeks ago um, that we put it together and We had about 80 people attend live and almost 200 people that bought tickets. And a lot of people couldn't attend. They were deployed, things like that. They wanna catch the recordings. All the recordings were uploaded to a membership site. We did a lot of cool VIP stuff behind the scenes too. But today, what I wanna do is I wanna show you my presentation from Veterans REI Live, which was about wholesaling. So um, you guys, probably know me, know who I am, know my story, but hopefully this is a presentation that adds a ton of value to you and your business. Whether you're just getting started, you're thinking about wholesaling or you're currently wholesaling right now, I'm sure there's something in there that you can take from. And also if you're not wholesaling, but you work with wholesalers, everybody has to understand how they work because you want to figure out how to work with us. Believe me, we can help your business. We're that like, middleman in the ecosystem that if you understand how we work, you can work with us better, and I know that you can get better deals. So I want to show behind the curtains of what a wholesaling business is. And so so also Veterans REI Live, We 100% of the money that came in from this event, we put towards a charity. And we picked a charity called Veterans Community Project. Veterans Community Project, they build tiny houses for homeless vets to get homeless veterans off the street. An absolutely amazing charity. For $35,000, they can build a tiny house to get a homeless vet off the street. And what we pledged was we said, I'm sure that we can raise $35,000 and build a house. And so in we're, we're a little bit short, we're about $5,000 short of our goal, but we have some people who are still going to donate, we have some people who are buying the recordings. So if you want to get a hold of the recordings, you can go to veteranslive.com and you can grab yourself the recordings, you can go watch every single presentation. So, This is just a small taste of the 20 different presentations that we did at Veterans REI Live. So, Amazing event, tons of great content. People were blown away. The feedback has been incredible, and um, it's exciting. So I, hopefully, this helps you guys with the wholesaling side. And I'm also going to introduce my uh, my new intro to the podcast. So I've been working on this for a couple of weeks. Um, I didn't, I didn't absolutely love what we were doing before. I'm sure that you guys are getting a little bit of whiplash. We've changed some things on the podcast back and forth. You guys have probably noticed. And um, you know, the last one wasn't something that I really. Like fell in love with and really liked. And uh, so I wanted to change it. And I've been kind of putting it off and putting it off. And now's the time. So my presentation, my intro, we're going to use this one going forward. This is a bit of a stamp of like, from me to our community, like you guys, the seven figure flipping community means so much to me. All of the listeners to this podcast, all the people in our world mean the world to me. And I hope that you listen to this and you see how passionate I am about this community and who we are. And if that speaks to you, then come be a part of it, like jump in, figure out where you fit, whether it's runway, seven figure altitude, or if it's just following the podcast or coming to Flip Hacking Live. So um, I really, I put my all into this. This is my, the podcast is my passion, the speaking from stage, all of our mastermind events. I absolutely love it. The impact that we're making on so many people is amazing. So Give me some feedback. Tell me what you guys think. Hopefully you like it. And um, I promise I won't change it in a couple weeks. So uh, without further ado, we'll roll this, uh, the new intro, and then we'll jump into my wholesaling presentation from Veterans REI Live. And if you want to grab the recordings, you can go to veteranslive.com. Here we go. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet, but we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are seven figure flipping. And this podcast is our playbook. Everybody turn on your screens right now. I want to see you. I'm gonna present. I want to see you guys. We're gonna talk about wholesaling. Here is my goal for for my presentation, and my challenge to any other speaker who's listening to this right now: is we're getting into the meat of the different tactics and techniques and different strategies of, of real estate, right? And obviously, I'm very passionate about wholesaling real estate, wholesaling houses. And my goal for this presentation is to bring you into my cult of like wholesaling. I wanna, I wanna bring you guys into my wholesaling world. I wanna sell you on the fact that you should become a wholesaler. And then I want the next speaker after me to sell you on the fact that you should do what they do. Like, I want to really say, if you if you can think like this, if you're like this, if you see yourself doing this, come, come to my world, right? Come into my world. And so I'm gonna challenge Megan. I can see Megan on here. I can see Stu. Like, I'm gonna challenge them to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the goods, I'm gonna tell you how awesome it is to be a wholesaler, how I love my job, I love what I do, I love the concept, I love the strategy, and I want to attract you guys to it. So I think if we bring that kind of heat for the rest of the day and tomorrow, then we'll bring our best to the stage, right? So this virtual stage that we're on. And um, okay, so I got a quick PowerPoint and uh, I realized some people are still jumping in and that's okay, um, but I want you guys to, I wanna see, Your interest. I want to see you guys engaged. I'm going to ask you some questions like, is this, is this good? Do you guys want me to keep going down this route? Is this what you guys want to hear? And I want to hear feedback in the chat. I want to see thumbs up. I want to see your pictures. I I realize you guys might be working on the side, doing things really try to focus on this because I want you in my wholesaling world. I'm going to tell you how awesome it is. And then you can decide if it's for you or not. So give me a second. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Okay. Can you guys see this? Okay, hold on, I gotta change some screens around so I can see you. Okay, give me one more second. All right. Wholesaling. So let me see, like, uh, I don't know, raise your hand, give me a, like, are you guys interested in this? Some people that came here, they wanna be wholesalers or they're wholesaling right now. Give me like a little uh, stock of it. Somebody like, no, not interested. A lot of people shaking their heads. Like, no, okay, good. There's a challenge. Time for me to sell you on how, why wholesaling is so awesome. All right, so um, I'm, I'm a volume wholesaler. So we do a lot of wholesaling. I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Before I do, I'm gonna give you the quick military thing, the outline. I'm gonna go through an intro. I'm gonna talk about wholesaling. I'm gonna tell you who, you might be on this call saying like, I don't know what wholesaling is. I don't even know what this guy's talking about. So I'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about some actionable steps that you can take. Whether you're wholesaling or not, this can be used in residential real estate and commercial real estate. And then using, wholesaling for your, uh, using wholesalers for your business. So if you're not a wholesaler, not interested in becoming a wholesaler, how can you guys use what I'm talking about and know behind the scenes of the way that we think to help your business? Whether you're a flipper or a landlord or a commercial real estate investor, you raise money, it doesn't matter. Like if you know how we work, you know how we can help you and your business. And that's the biggest thing that, so every single person should strap in and pay attention to this presentation because you wanna know how I think and you wanna know how other wholesalers think. And then I'm gonna talk about scaling a little bit. So Dan talked a little bit about, I'm gonna talk about how I did it. So real quick about me, um, I've been talking to you guys for like a half a day so far, but if you don't know me, here's a couple pictures of my real estate time. I was a a helicopter pilot in the fleet, uh, Navy, I was active duty for almost 15 years, and then I jumped out of active duty. I'll talk a little bit about why I did that. Some people look at me like I'm crazy that I left active duty after 15 years. I'm still a reservist, so I fly part-time down in Pensacola. I was a test pilot. I got uh, to go to test pilot school in England for a year, met my wife there, and I flew probably 40, 50 different helicopters and airplanes uh, at that school, and then as a test pilot in Pax River. Then I went to, I was a full-time support. I was an active reservist down in Pensacola. So I got about 1,000 hours in the 60, I guess, time in the Sierra and the Romeo, and then I've got a bunch of time in the T-34 and the T-6 as a flight instructor down in Pensacola. I still get to go down to Pensacola. I got to work 60 days a year. Um, I fly my little airplane down there and work in Pensacola part-time. So that's kind of about me in the military side. Uh, I've done lots of different jobs in the Navy, uh, bounced around a ton. I moved like, I don't know, 15 times probably in the last 18 years, uh, probably a lot like you guys. Um, Okay, this is my family now. Well, I say now, but this is probably like two years old. This is the only picture that we all have together where somebody's not crying and screaming and yelling. So um, this is my wife, Lucy. That's our uh, son, Will. His birthday is next week in six days. He told me, Daddy, I'm gonna be six in six days when he woke up this morning. So that's him. That's our middle son, James. He's three and a half now. And that's our, our youngest son, Lucas. He's just over two. And so the reason I say this is what our family looks like now and as the, you know, three kids, my, me and my wife is because it wasn't necessarily always this way. And I'm going to start with some of the struggles that I had, and uh, some of the adversity that I had, because we talked about mindset, right? And I don't share this for any like sympathy or anything like that, or like that's our family now, right? So look at James, take a picture of James right now in your mind, and that's him. And he's even healthier right now. He's not necessarily as chunky. He looks like a little boy, right? But this is James right when he was born. So our middle son was born. We, we got pregnant and he had this heart defect. So we, we at about, uh, I think we were like 20 weeks, 22 weeks, something like that that and the doctor said there's something wrong and we didn't know what to do or what to say and they did um, a bunch of echoes and found out that he only has half a heart. So he's hypoplastic right heart so the right side of his heart did not develop and they said he's going to have to have surgeries and that was like a huge blow to us. I'll talk about my real estate time and that career and I was about halfway in. I was doing 100 deals a year. I was still active duty in Pensacola and I had built a team and I was scaling my flipping and wholesaling business. And so this happened, that's him right after he's born, perfectly healthy, came home with us, happy. This is him at, in his first surgery, okay? So some of these pictures might be a little bit graphic that you guys are gonna see, this was our life. The first six months of our life, of James's life, first six months of his life, he had four open heart surgeries and three heart catheters. So a heart catheter, they say, is, is, it is like surgery, okay? It's very uh, invasive. So basically seven big procedures that could have killed him and we weren't sure what was gonna happen. And I'm, I, I was moved out of Pensacola to Nashville, Tennessee to be at Vanderbilt Hospital. You can see right there, it says Vanderbilt University Hospital uh, with him. And so here's another picture of him uh, after his like, next round of surgeries. This is when him when he's about five months old. And here's him after all of that at six months with a, a NG tube, right? Fat, chunky. He was the fattest kid in the, uh, cardio, uh, the pediatric cardio ward, okay? He, they, the nurses had no idea how he was so fat because like most of these kids are tiny and small and they're like failing to thrive, right? So he did awesome. Here's him and his brother uh, right after that, like six months old. And just, just to tell you, here's another picture of us, just so you can see, like not to be sad, it's okay. Like this was our life though for six months, okay? I had, I spent um, Christmas, we had Christmas in the hospital. Uh, we got out on New Year's Eve or New Year. Yeah, I think it was New Year's Eve. We got out of the hospital and I happened to be renovating the bathroom in our house. So we couldn't even go back to our house because he couldn't be in all the dust. Fortunately, my cousin was uh, down in Hawaii and she let us stay at her house for like three days. So I thought he was gonna be in the hospital longer. So this was it. So you can see the mindset is so important. Like this is a time where I'm, my business is doing pretty well, but I'm growing and scaling it. I could have quit easily, right? It's so easy to say like, okay, enough's enough. God, why us, why me, all these things. So I tell you that story to say everybody, everybody on this call has something going on. Like every, everybody that presents here, everybody that comes to you, there's something going on in their life beneath the facade, behind the curtain of what you guys see. And Facebook isn't reality, Instagram isn't reality, right? We all have something going on. Each one of you have something. And that something can either fuel you or, and you can use it for power or you can use it as an excuse of why not to. So you're either going to take it and use it, or you're going to take it and say, I can't. So I took that as said, God put James in my life for a reason. This, James actually brought me back to the church. Uh, my, my aunt's on the call, Irene, her son, Joey, w- really like, pulled me back into the church. Um, I started going. I started talking directly to me. I started seeing this. And it's just an amazing thing that he caused me to slow down and actually like stop and be still and understand what, what my why is and what life's all about. So for all of you guys that are out there, like that thing that you have that's in your head right now, you're, you're listening to me talk about my son, James, but you're thinking about something else in your mind right now that's stopping you or slowing you down or a challenge. That thing is your power, okay? That thing sets you aside from everybody else on this call. And that thing is gonna be your why about going forward. And when you hit that wall, that why is gonna let you climb the wall instead of turn around and go back, okay? So now that we have this set up, So you guys know some of that. Let me tell you about my background so you understand who I am and why I think I'm a good wholesaler and a good business owner. So my education, I'm an engineer. So I have a mechanical engineering undergrad. I have an aeronautical engineering master's degree. I'm very analytical. I I make decisions based on numbers and data. I don't make decisions based on my gut. Sometimes I'll hold on to people too long because of my emotional side. So I have trouble firing people and letting people go. But this is my personality. I'm a Type A driver. I want to win. If you get, if you put me in a room with a bunch of other people who are doing more than me, I'm going to try to do more than them, faster. Like I just want to win. Everything's a game to me, and that's that's me. I have an investment investment background. I was very big big in index funds and stocks before I moved into real estate. 100% of my portfolio was in the stock market, and I was diversifying. I was doing a lot of those things, and when I went over to real estate, I found my passion. And now I can actually, I brought my money over there and I diversify now inside of real estate. That's what I do. And so we move a lot. I talked about that. My markets, I'm in the Southeast. I started in Pensacola. Then I went, I moved to Nashville. We started investing in Chattanooga. Then we started investing in Nashville. Now we're in Huntsville, Alabama, Bowling Green, Kentucky. We'll pretty much take a deal anywhere in the Southeast and figure out how to move it. So that's my background. Why am I qualified to be here? So in 2014, I had my first flip. It was a foreclosure. I bought it online and I'm gonna go fast. So guys, strap on your seatbelts. I wanna go fast. I got a lot to cover. I'm just telling you, I'm gonna talk fast. So when you get the recording, put it in half speed if you need to. Some of you might wanna put it in two times speed like me. So I flipped my first house. It was a foreclosure online auction. I made $43,000. I was at Pax River. That changed everything for me. I said, whoa, I I I had purchased some rental properties. I said, I made 43 grand and that was like half of my income for the year it changed the way that I look at making money. And so I loved it, I got addicted to it, but it took me another year to find my next one. I purchased an off-market house at an estate sale. It was six months of marketing was yielding nothing. So I was out there like doing things, taking action. And I made $45,000 on this deal. So I bought it, I flipped it, I fixed it up. I was going to the house, I was doing all the work and I purchased another two rental properties. Pretty much I was like buying on the MLS at this time, right? I didn't understand the concept of going directly to a seller. So at the end of 2015, I heard this guy who was doing hundreds of deals a year and he wasn't going to see him. He said he wasn't working that hard. I thought he was lying. And, but I was listening to his podcast. His name was Justin Williams. The podcast was called House Flipping HQ Podcast. Um, Don't look it up now. I actually own the company. I run the podcast. It's called Seven Figure Flipping uh, Podcast now. So I bought the company from him uh, about nine months ago. So for me, I I said, I'm interested in this. This guy resonated with me. His story was very intriguing. I trusted him, and I joined a mastermind group. I paid $25,000 to jump into his world. Before that, I'd never bought a book. I had a library card. I would get books out at the library for free. Super cheap, didn't spend money. So that was kind of that journey. I joined this mastermind group, saw people doing what I'm doing now. Then, if I back up five or six years, they're doing 20 deals a month. And I get in the same room as them, and like I said, if I get in that room, I'm gonna take over. I'm going to try to dominate that room and figure out how to grow. So if that's you, get in rooms like this with other people that are like you and figure out how to take what they're doing and blow it up. 2016, I did 67 deals. 12 of those were flips. I had a team of five. I made $600,000 as a business owner. The gross profit, I was still flying full time, 10 to 12 hours a day, five days a week, and one weekend a month, I'd have to fly for the Navy down in Pensacola. That's where I lived. The next year I did 135 deals, 25 of those were flips. We had a team of 15, I grossed 1.35 million. And I was still flying full time. So um, this is what this kind of journey looked like. And then 2018, we did 187 deals, 30 of those were flips. We had a team of 15, 2.4 million. In the beginning of that year, I hired my COO to run the day-to-day. In June, he took over the day-to-day operations. It took me from January to June to get him up to speed and running. And then I was able to start transitioning out of that business. In 2019, as a company, we did 165 deals, 40 flips, team of 16, 2.8 million. My CO runs all the operations. I work an hour and a half to two hours a week in that company. We just have a meeting on Tuesday. So that's my background and qualifications. So now I want to jump into wholesaling. So what is wholesaling? Uh, This, let's see, this is wholesaling, okay? Uh, in, In my mind, this is how I think about it. We are like the pawn shop of real estate, okay? If you've ever been to a pawn shop, you've got Maybe you've got a gun that you wanna sell that has been passed down from generation to generation and you take it to a pawn shop. There's something that's going on in your world to not sell that thing for retail price, right? And so you take it to a pawn shop and you know that you're gonna walk into the pawn shop and they're not gonna give you 100% value for that, that item, right? When people work with us, they know that we're in it to make money. They understand who we are. When you go to the grocery store, the grocery store is not buying the eggs directly from the farmer. They're not buying the lettuce directly from the farmer. There's somebody that's bringing volume to them, right? There's a middleman, there's a wholesaler. So in real estate, there's a wholesaler in real estate. It's an ecosystem of what we're gonna talk about this week. So we operate in this ecosystem. The problem is people think of us like a pawn shop. They think of us like these people that are ripping people off, screwing them over, saying things that aren't true to them and lying to them and taking like grandmother's money is what a lot of people think. When I got around wholesalers with integrity, it changed everything that I thought about. I came into this world as a wholesaler thinking they were scum. Like I, I just, it's creepy, right? And so my goal now is to change that for the people who have integrity. Like how can we do business? How can we be honest and ethical and upfront? People that we do business with, they know what we're doing. They know that we're marketing their, the contract that we have on their house for sale. They know, it's just what we do. I mean, this contract that they signed, we get equitable interest in the contract. And then we turn around and sell the contract for a fee. So what I do is I go out and look for buyers. So it's people like you, it's flippers, it's, um, it could be apartment buyers, it could be land developers, it could be Airbnb buyers, it's a landlord. It's all of these people that we work with or we provide, they're the grocery stores and we provide the stuff from the farm, right? Just kind of like that. So now that we've got that covered, we're the pawn shop of real estate, right? Um, these are the important things as a wholesaler, marketing and sales. And I would argue to say that every business is marketing and sales. Marketing, sales, and operations drive any business anywhere. It doesn't matter. You've got to be a good marketer. You've got to sell stuff. We're, I'm selling you on something right now. I'm selling you on myself. Like I'm, Every conversation that you have with somebody, someone is selling something. When my kids have a conversation with me in the morning, they are selling me something. And sometimes they, they're better than me at sales because they cry a lot more than I do sometimes. So... Marketing and sales, when you think about this, every single thing that you do is marketing and sales and you've gotta think like that, okay? Here's the wholesale cycle. Step one, lead generation. You've gotta be able to generate leads. I have gotta go out and find leads. If you're a flipper, you gotta generate leads. If you're an apartment investor, you gotta generate leads. If you're you're raising money for a deal, you gotta generate leads. Every single thing we do is marketing and lead generation. I gotta generate leads for sellers and I've gotta generate leads for buyers. So I'm that middleman that needs both. Lead conversion, I've gotta be a good salesperson. I've gotta convert that lead into a potential profit. And then I've gotta do something in fulfillment. And the fulfillment side for us is selling that contract to an end buyer. And that end buyer, I've gotta market to that end buyer and sell that end buyer. So as a wholesaler, I've got business to customer sales on the front end, and I've got business to business sales on the back end. So two different types of marketing and selling on the front and back end of these deals. So this is like my world And if you like marketing and sales, you can see how heavy it is in this world, right? We're marketing and selling on a consistent basis. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about target marketing. Like, who is your target market? Supply and demand is so important. And I'm gonna talk about this very specific on marketing. Everybody always asks me like, what's the top marketing channel for you? That's the number one question that I get. Like, what's working for you right now? Okay, I'm gonna tell you if I have money and I don't have money. I feel like if anybody tells you that you can do, you can become a wholesaler if you have no time and no money. Um, they're probably selling you something that you can't, you shouldn't buy, okay? They're, they're lying to you. And there are some strategies that it's, it's possible to do, but I think you gotta have time or you gotta have money. If you have both, great. But I had money, I had some money when I started, I didn't have any time. So I had to structure my business a little bit differently than what, somebody on this call who might have time but no money, your strategies look different. So I'm gonna cover both. So what if, what if you didn't have any money? I only have $100 to my name, right? And I wanna wholesale. Well, you gotta have some time. So what are some strategies for marketing that you can use if you don't have any money? And some of you might fall in this boat. And look guys, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna tell you, we're talking about wholesaling, but this goes for anything. If you're a flipper, if you're a landlord, if you're a commercial investor, like all of these things are the same. You've gotta put in the work if you don't have any money. And it's networking, like number one thing, networking, networking with real estate agents, networking with other people that you know, go to church and talk about it. That whole secret identity that we talked about, get rid of it. Start talking about what you're doing. Hey, I'm looking for, um, I'm looking for distressed properties. Have you, ever, have you seen any? I'll pay some referral fees if you find me one and I close on it. Like, network and talk about what you do. I used to just hand out business cards that had different things on them. Like, I had a business card for sellers. I had a business card for buyers. On my business card for buyers, it had my squeeze page on the back, So I'd hand it out and say, you could just sign up on my my website and say, hey, if you're looking for deals, I got deals, I got deals, even though I had no deals. Like I had no deals, Uh, but I was marketing for them, right? Because I had no money, I was networking. Cold calling and door knocking. So this is one, here's a tip. When you guys go for a walk, go for a walk in different areas around different neighborhoods. If you're looking for houses, go look for distressed houses. Talk to the people that are outside. There's there's a lady or a man in every single neighborhood that knows every single thing that's going on in the neighborhood. Okay, my next door neighbor right now, um, there was a like a domestic disturbance in my nice neighborhood, and their house is up for sale. Two months later, I knew their house was going to go up for sale because there were 16 cop cars in front of my house with M16s surrounding the house one day. Uh, when I was out of town, my wife sends me a video and is freaking out. And so uh, we may have sent him some marketing. Like I knew that that house was going to go on the market. There's no doubt. Two months later, boom, the signs in the yard, right? So. There's somebody, you know that person that knows everything that's going on in the neighborhood, right? So that's going on. They're, so probate, code violation, boarded up houses, vacants, tax, evictions, all these like niche type lists. Go knock on some doors, send, find somebody's phone number, give them a call. Like you've got to go find off-market deals. We've got to find stuff. I, I did the analysis on the last, like we've done about 650 deals now um, in my time when I started. 10 of them came from the MLS. Like 640 of them came from off-market, off the MLS. If I was still relying on, the, on, on market properties, I wouldn't be doing very well. Um, evictions, arrests, notice of default, texting. Texting is a huge, uh, um, how many unread text messages do you have on your phone right now? Couple, one or two? How many unread emails do you have? 30,000, 50,000? Like some people in my mastermind have over 100,000. When they see their phone, it freaks me out, right? And how many un, unlistened to voicemails and phone calls do you have? But, you know, unread Facebook messages, unread text messages, like think about put yourself in their shoes. How are you consuming information? Driving for dollars. This is just driving around looking for crappy houses. So you got a distressed house or you have a distressed seller. So some of these are distressed sellers, probate, code violations, boarded up houses, vacant houses, like um, evictions or like arrests, like these kind of things, distressed people, distressed houses, like the boarded up vacant stuff, if you can tell it's that, um, but you drive around in unkept houses. Drive around during, um, uh, during trash day and see what the crappy houses that don't have trash cans out. Likely vacant, and, and you can probably get in front of them. You gotta go track down and find those sellers. So this is some of the techniques and strategies that we use. Signs, bandit signs. We don't really use bandit signs. They're called bandit signs because they're illegal. Um, we really don't do it. Some people will put them up on Friday, take them down on Sunday. That's a great way to do it. It's just not really my business model and my structure. A lot of people use them and successful. The biggest thing is do what others are unwilling to do. Like you guys are probably looking at some of this like I'm not going knocking on doors. I'm not, I don't, I'm not doing that, that's uncomfortable. I gotta talk to them, I gotta have a conversation. So do what other people are uncomfortable in doing. That's where the money lives. If you have money, like this kid, $10, a Hamilton. All right, so uh, direct mail, big lists, niche lists. So this is, what, this is what I started my business on. I was in the have money area. I pulled lists of equity um, and I'll show you where I pulled it real quick. And I, uh, I marketed to them using uh, postcards and letters. Google AdWords, so online. When you Google something, if you don't know, that thing that says ad on the very top that you're clicking on all the time, it's costing somebody about $50. So if you Google my company right now, do not click on my ad, go down to the top search result where it doesn't say ad and click on that. Otherwise, you're gonna cost me 50 bucks. That's about how much it costs for me to get a click right now. So crazy, it's expensive. It cost me about $500. To just, to get, just to get somebody to fill out their information in there. So Google AdWords, pay-per-click. Facebook ads, another big one. So you see, it says sponsored. You may have seen I was running Facebook ads for this event. You might have actually bought this event from a Facebook ad that I ran for it. With a, with a, week, with a week left, I was frustrated that we didn't have enough money for the charity, so I personally ran Facebook ads from my brand page out of my own pocket. So if you're here and you bought off my Facebook ad, thank you, you know, that's great. You've supported an incredible cause, but I started running Facebook ads because we know how to do it. Big media, so this is where I'd start uh, saying you guys probably wanna go to another market before going deeper in the niche. Big media is like billboards and TV and radio. That stuff can get really, really expensive in our world. So here's what I use for my lists, list source. And I'm gonna, by the way, I'm gonna give you all these slides. So I see people like writing down, taking pictures, stuff like that. I'm gonna give you the slides. Um, They'll be up in your portal, okay? So if that helps, uh, and I am going a little bit fast because I'm trying to cover like five years of information in 30 minutes for you and pack it as tight as I can. Um, List source. List source is what we use. It's a, a site where you can go pull sellers and, and information. You can pull homeowners. So if you wonder like why am I getting all this junk mail, somebody's pulling your data somewhere and buying it. So I can go buy. They aggregate data and they sell it as a third party provider, and I go buy it. I can I can I can use age. I can put price of house. I can put zip codes. I can draw a map. I can say. Um, I can get as deep in, in some of the data that I use right now as uh, potentially credit score and job and um, like uh, demographic, like all kinds of stuff. You can buy a ton of data out there, perfectly legal. And so now from there, uh, now if you skip trace them and cold call them, you, you want to t- work some of the legalities of those kind of things, whether they're on the do not call list. I'm not gonna go in depth on that, but as far as mail goes, uh, the US Postal Service is just fine like sending people mail. Kramer is the only guy that I've ever seen to try to not get mail. Um, okay. So these are my postcards. They're going to be in there. I'll give them to you. This is the one that we currently use right now. Um, no fees, no commission, sell as is guaranteed offer, close on the date of your choice and talks a little bit about it. It's a, there's a call to action here though. Can you see it? Urgent notice houses wanted you get it. There's a call to action. So some sort of CTA that's on this direct response marketing is what I'm a professional at. Like how do I get, how do I get a response from somebody? Even if it's a, I don't like a ton of angry responses, but believe me, we get plenty. Like, it, I don't use third notice, last chance, like you gotta call me or we're gonna foreclose on your house, that kind of stuff. That just overwhelms my team. So there's a lot of strategy. Dan talked about strategy. This is huge strategy yeah. and KPIs, the, the key performance indicators. Here's another example. This one's a little bit more like, uh, I'm a like neighborhood friend that's looking to buy houses, that kind of stuff, um, than more of a call to action like the other one. The direct response, this one gets a better response, the previous one. Um, because it's got a big CTA, it's right there. You wanna make sure your phone number is bold, you wanna make sure the call to action is clear, they know what you want them to do. Um, There's something on there called variable data, which shares the address, the name, their name, their address, those kind of things. So you can see that it's Scott and they're at, I don't know, 11208 Dolly Pond Road somewhere. So um, you can see that there's there's variable data, so they're talking to them. So they're like, oh, well, urgent notice, like this has my name and my address on it. It wants to get a response. So this next thing is, is the data. So Dan talked about K- KPIs and key performance indicators. So, so important. The data is it. Like dial in your data, track your numbers. You've got to, if you're going to run a business, when it was just me, I could say, oh, I spent 500 bucks this month and I made 10,000. This is a good month. Now I have a million dollar payroll. I have huge expenses. We spent $45,000 a month on marketing, like I just talked about. So I've got to know my numbers. If I'm only making $2 for every dollar I spend, I'm losing money as a business owner. I gotta be making about $3 or more per dollar I spend now, and I gotta know my numbers and we gotta watch it really close. CRM, this customer customer resource management, this is another thing that people ask me all the time. My biggest recommendation to you, if you guys are just getting started, is a piece of paper and a pencil is how I started. You don't need to build out the fancy whiz bang stuff in the beginning, just do some deals. I did my first flips in my own name, I'm not giving you legal advice right now, but I didn't go out and set up an LLC and set up a website and, and get a CRM and, and get everything perfect and then go take action. Taking action is the most important thing. I went out and I did a deal. I made some money. I said, this feels good. I'm going to do it again. I did it again. And then I, so I did two deals in my own name and said, this is probably not the smartest thing as I'm growing my company and hiring people and starting to grow. And I didn't have any assets in the beginning for anybody to take. So think about where what what it looks like for you and uh, and figure out figure that out but I will tell you step 1 go take action go do something. So the CRM that we use right now is called Podio and we use InvestorFuse. They it's like a wrap around Podio with some automations. It's expensive. It's like 150 dollars 200 bucks a month something like that. So I would rather as a new investor you're going out and spending that on marketing in the beginning, especially when you don't need a great CRM with a bunch of automation when nobody's calling you. So Go make the phone ring and then start freaking out that you can't keep track of all your leads and then go figure out a place to put all your leads. Uh, Lead, lead conversion, actual sales. Like this is, it's just like, you've got to track it through the system and through the process, right? And I'm gonna give you guys some secrets to closing deals. Okay, you guys want the secrets? I've got like, I think I got five of them. Good, you want secrets? I need a head nod, thumbs up. I can just, I know this stuff already. You guys, okay, you want it. All right, you want the secrets. All right, secret number one, answer your phone. So answer your phone. It's so competitive right now, you've gotta answer your phone. Don't send them to voicemail. Don't, you're gonna waste marketing money if you're not answering your phone. So we answer our phone live. Um, We're at about, we're at 100% live answer right now between the hours of seven and 6 p.m. Central time with my team. We have four ladies that answer the phone. They just happen to be ladies and um, they answer the phone live. It's fantastic. And we have an overflow service that will answer backup again. You don't need all that stuff if your phone's not ringing. So get your phone to ring, get to the point where you're like, oh crap, I can't answer this many live calls, and then go figure out how to fortify the foundation of your business. Secret number two, follow up. Follow up, okay? Like what happened when I was using pieces of paper and pencil is I would write all these leads down and then the lead would go to the bottom of the, bottom of the pack. And after a while, I wouldn't call them back. I'd be, be working on the top of the stack. So you've got to follow up. This, the, the money is in the follow up period in any business. Lenders, like, uh, somebody will go cold on me and just find a way, become a direct response marketer again. Secret number three, show up on time. If you are going to an appointment, be on time. Be professional. Like, you're, you're in a sales environment, in a sales role, right? Show up on time, be professional. So I'm just checking my time right now as I talk about being on time. So here's, I just went to Google. I typed in the Google machine. How do I make the best impression? And this is what, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Be on time or 10 minutes early. Be positive and relaxed. Establish rapport quickly. Be a great listener. Reflect before answering. Be enthusiastic. Act confidently, not cocky. Take no longer than two minutes to answer questions. I need to take note of that. Send a personal thank you note by the US mail. How amazing would it be if every appointment me and my team went on, we sent a thank you note in the mail? Like that's professional stuff, right? So we do all these things. This is the first building rapport in your, in, your, uh, in your bag of tricks, right? I got a ton more, this is a, I'm getting way over time. All right, be relatable. Like cats, I love cats. You know, when you show up at the appointment, just mirror them, figure out like, how, how do I become relatable? How do I build rapport quickly in my sales cycle? Asking sensitive questions, so assume the positive. Income, mortgage. So a lot of times, you know, asking how much they make or uh, how much their mortgage is, how much do you have left on your mortgage? It's like, what? I'm not telling you if I have a mortgage on this house, you know, ask differently. Like, oh, I'm sure a beautiful house like this, you probably don't have a mortgage on this house, do you? And they're like, oh, of course I have a mortgage. Like, what do you think? I'm rich or loaded? I don't have a paid off house. Like, see how you just ask the question a little bit differently, you'll get a different response. If, you know, income is a huge problem, right? Asking, if I went to a party and it was like, hey, how much do you make? Most people are going to look at me like, we just met, man. But if we're just kind of like, talking and chatting, and I'm like, I bet you make like $800,000 a year at that job of yours. They'd be like, no, I don't. I make like $150,000. Know? I can get the information out by asking a different question. So listen to them. Find out their needs. It's a people business. Put yourself in their shoes. Find out what they need. Really important. Handle objections. So I, well, I'm just going to list this on the MLS. Why don't you fix it up yourself? Usually I just say, like, why are you trying to sell a beautiful house like this? And then they'll t- tell you all their problems. So, oh, why, why don't you just list it with a real estate agent? Like Most wholesalers are like, don't mention a real estate agent. Do you think they don't know what real estate agents are? They do. They know that they exist. It is a known fact that real estate agents exist. They know that they can do that. Find out why they're not. Is that the best you can do? If you ask that question, so I'm going to give you guys all homework assignment. Go ask that question today to somebody, anything. If you've got a contractor that's giving you a bid on something, just say, is that the best you can do? And shut up. I will save every one of you. You're gonna pay 299 to get the, uh, the exclusive bonus. If you pay 99, you're gonna pay 200 bucks, I hope, because you want to talk to us for another hour after this. And I'm gonna save you way over $300 by this alone. Is that the best you can do? Just ask that and shut up. And normally they're gonna say, oh, I can knock 10% off of that. Or yeah, I can do better. You know, that's it, just ask that one question. Just ask it every time. Go ask, you'll save hundreds of thousands of dollars. You'll be Doug Norman down in Hawaii in two years from now just by asking that question. You'll be financially free. Doug, from now on, that's your presentation right there. Just say that and end it. So, secret number four, follow up. Secret number four, follow up, follow up, follow up. I can't say this enough. All right, the fulfillment side. I'm gonna give you a couple quick tips. (laughs) Man, I am oh I'm over time already. There's my two o'clock bell. All right, building a buyer's list. I'm gonna talk about some of the strategies because this is important. As a wholesaler, you need leads and you need buyers. That's all you should be focused on in the beginning. Leads and buyers. Okay? So Here's, uh, I'll give you some tips for building a buyers list right now. And then we can go deeper on the hour after this. So um, I like to do like reverse bandit signs. So when we get a deal, we put five or six bandit signs like um, um, cash only, three, two, fixer upper and a phone number on there. And then buyers will call us and we can get those in the beginning. Like I said, the back of my business card, I used to go to like, seminars when they like the roadshow would come and the gurus would come in town and i'd put a little card on we tried to go in we would go in and hand those cards out or put them on the chairs we got started getting kicked out so then we just started putting them on the windshield of the cars in the parking lots for our buyers list it says hey you looking for rentals looking for flips here you go um, go into Facebook groups, um, private Facebook groups for your local RIA, probably have people, it says like, hey, I got this deal, they're like, Here, I'm building my buyers list, what's your email? They put in all their emails, like it's everywhere in the Facebook group, just pay a VA like two bucks an hour, three bucks an hour to go in there and scrape every single email, list, email address that's in there, add them to your buyers list, there you go. Okay, now I just saved you like hundreds of thousands of dollars that you'll make from that one tip. Cool. All right, um, these are some different email accounts that we use, so MailChimp, AWeber, ActiveCampaign, these different things like to send out the email for this property. Active campaign, if you're going to start tomorrow, that would be my recommendation. It's amazing. Here's an example of one of our emails. This is a house that we were wholesaling. Um, It just talks a little bit about it. I usually go into more details about what we say and why. We can do that on the extra hour call just because I'm out of time. Um, So what I want to show you is our process now. So before I was a flipper, I identified as a flipper. I was like, I'm going to be a house flipper. And we just started flipping contracts instead. So as a wholesaler, we're flipping contracts instead of the house itself. And um, I I think for me, it's more about the operational side. I get to manage a team. The velocity is really cool. I couldn't be somebody like an apartment investor that does like two or three deals a year. I really like the the speed and the velocity of the houses. That's big for me. So here we go. do what you say you're gonna do when you work with somebody. I like this one, it was like together since 1952, it was pretty cool. Um, so if you're, if you're a buyer, the biggest thing to work with a wholesaler, if you do all the work and you review, the, you review a deal, so we got flippers on here, we got landlords, we like got all these people. The best way to work with a, a wholesaler, if you're gonna spend the time to look at the house, analyze the deal, make an offer. Make an offer, okay? We might not ever get an offer. So you, if you make an offer, you might be the only one who did. So as a wholesaler, I might go back to the seller and renegotiate based on your offer. So if you're gonna do the, you're not gonna offend us. You're not gonna piss me off if you make a low offer. You ran the numbers, it works for you, make that offer, okay? So working with a wholesaler, the biggest thing that you can do, do what you say you're gonna do, act, you know, act appropriately, read the contract, talk. If, don't, don't say you don't need an inspection and then ask for an inspection two days later and stuff like that. It's just bad business. Do what you say you're gonna do. We're gonna do the same thing. We're going to be open and honest with you and do what, you, do what we say we're going to do. Um, here we go. Hiring's the key. Get over that hurdle early, early, very early. Incentivize your people to work hard for you. When you start hiring them, incentivize them to work hard. Don't be hoarding money and, and not be afraid to share in the, in the growth. Scale responsibly. Hire for where you want to be, not where you are right now. So responsibly scale. It doesn't mean go out and hire 10 people day one. I've seen people try to do that. Start with the end in mind. So start with where you want to be. So start building the foundation of that now. And that doesn't have to be as a wholesaler it could be with anybody. Be proactive and not reactive. Very important to think like this. The mentality, this mindset thing, surround yourself with people who are active and doing more than you. You guys have heard that. But like if I didn't surround myself with those people, I'd still be doing four or five deals a year and think that I was like, I don't know, the bee's knees, right? Like I thought that's that 10 deals, somebody flipping 12 houses a year was like the biggest, the biggest flipper I'd ever met. I was like, oh my gosh, you're doing, t- I just want to do 12 houses a year. And then I got around somebody who's doing like 300, 400 a year. And I was like, okay, well, I can do that too. Why can't I? Just let me do the same thing. Permission, remove the glass ceiling. I'm giving you all permission to go out there and do more and be more than you think that you can be. Action and implementation will always trump everything. So that's it. That's what I got. Here's my stuff. Sevenfigureflipping.com is my uh, mastermind. I run a podcast called the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. I put my Instagram handle up there cause I have like five friends on there and my team's making fun of me and telling me that I need to start growing cause I don't know how to use it, which they're right. And then that's our seven figure flipping stuff. So that's, uh, that's what I got today. I don't have any time for questions, but I, cause I, I stole five minutes. So I'm gonna have to introduce the next speaker very quickly. Um, let me stop sharing my screen. Okay. And get myself set back up. So was that good stuff? Was that good for you guys? Did I, um, did I encourage anyone who didn't wanna be a wholesaler to be a wholesaler? Hopefully I didn't go too fast, but I wanted to pack like as much in for you guys as I possibly could today. So if you wanna be a wholesaler now, tell me in the chat, even if there's just one of you. I always say in everything that I do, if just one person hears it, then it's worth, it's worth it. Like if one person needed to hear this message, then I got it. I did the right thing. Okay, awesome. Um, we love your energy, yeah. So good. And the reason, so the reason I think it's so important to be passionate about what we do, like the number one thing in this business, if you're not passionate about what you do, you're not gonna make money doing it. Like if you're doing it for the money, you're not gonna make money. Do you guys understand that? Like you have to be passionate about what you do. I love speaking on stages. I love getting around people. I love doing the podcast. I love that stuff. And if you don't feel my passion coming out of it, you're not gonna wanna get on board and wanna do it. It's just not, I'm not gonna attract anybody to our world. Nobody's gonna wanna jump on. Nobody's gonna see the potential and see what's possible, right? If I'm sitting here like, well, I'm a wholesaler because I just wanna make a million dollars a year. Like, no, I don't wanna make any more money. I want my people to make more money than they've ever made before, ever. Like, I get, my, I get my value from my company, from the impact that I can make on my staff and the impact that we can make on other people's businesses. The impact that I, we can make on each and every one of you when you leave this conference and say, you know what? Like if that person can do it, I can do it. The barriers are gone, the ceiling's removed. Like that guy can flip 200 houses and he's got a sick son and he's going to all these appointments and stuff. Like you have no excuses. None of us have excuses. We can go out there and do more, be more than we you can even possibly imagine. I'm gonna share something a little bit later with you guys but we have an unlimited potential, virtually unlimited potential that needs to be tapped into and we're not tapping into it. Trust me, we're not, I'm not. I can do more than I'm doing right now. I think that we can do 500 deals a year We're trying to figure out how to make 100 offers a day. If we can make 100 offers a day, we can start doing five, 10 deals a day. So, all right, good stuff. Hey, it's Bill again, and I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house slippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house slippers to walk you through everything they're doing how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learn. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year, and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to FlipHackingLive.com right now and get your tickets today. FlipHackingLive.com, October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.